Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Tomorrow, July the 15th, we will be celebrating the Feast of St. Bonaventure, the great Franciscan theologian and spiritual writer. And I want to speak a little about that great saint because of how deeply he can affect our Christian life and what kind of call and direction he gives to all Christians, whether they are called to the religious life or not. I was always kind of tickled by his name, Bonaventure. He was not baptized with that. His baptismal name, I think, was something like William or Raymond, something like that. But uh, he was given the name Bonaventure, which could be translated good trip or good opportunity. And in fact, originally, the uh, the Latin word ventura meant uh, casting out into an adventure, into the unknown, taking an opportunity which was accepted in hope, but not without some challenge. And this Bonaventure, this good venture, of course, joined the Franciscan uh, order just as it was beginning to be really established in Catholic life. And in fact, uh, like St. Thomas Aquinas, when he became a Dominican, surprised the family and in fact embarked on a a path that didn't seem to have much uh, in the way of expansion in ecclesiastical life or much of a future. It would be almost like a a stockbroker's son uh, entering a monastery, rather than having a future on the stock exchange. But uh, for Bonaventure, he never looked back. He was a nearly complete contemporaneous uh, man with uh, Aquinas, and they knew each other very well and, and honored each other, in spite of the fact that their theological approach was quite different, but yet complementary. Bonaventure was not only a profound thinker and writer, but he also was a a very great administrator, especially among the Franciscans, in which there was a great tension, which continued well into history, between those Franciscans who wanted that witness of complete poverty and those that thought that a community life and its stability could be important for the uh, Franciscans. Also, St. Francis himself resisted having any of his friars study theology or philosophy. And it was only at the direction of the Pope that the Franciscans became open to the intellectual life, the theological life of the Church. And, of course, St. Bonaventure, who was chosen to, to study Uh, theology, became a master of it, and one of the leading lights of Franciscan theology, which continues to this very day. But it was through Bonaventure's work that that tension was eased to a great extent. St. Bonaventure uh, resisted as much as possible being named by the Pope to an Episcopal see. He was once suggested for Canterbury, 
but by various stratagems, and I think a deep life of prayer, he avoided that one. But eventually he was named to uh, a diocese in Italy and performed well there, although he was never comfortable in that kind of setting or that work. But of all of the works that that he wrote, which gave him the title of the seraphic uh, doctor, that is, uh, seraphic after those angels that are nearest to the face of God, because of his mystical uh, theology. But his most famous work is a work that has a Latin title, but is translated as either a journey or road of the mind to God or in God. And that sense of the title captured the reality of the Christian life as a pilgrimage, as a journey. It is a journey of the mind, of the soul, of the entire person towards God, but always within God. It's a marvel of the ministry, uh, the mystery rather, of the presence of God, that although God is completely beyond our ken and is always something that draws us further, but yet is constantly present to us. And being in God and toward God is the heart of that journey. The Christian life is a life of pilgrimage. In fact, one of the titles for the Blessed Sacrament, which was very popular among Catholics, was Escaviatorum, the food of wayfarers. And there's a marvelous hymn that we sung in church when I was a child, one of my favorite terms, that was called simply, O Escaviatorum, O Panis Angelorum, O Mana Celitum, O food of wayfarers, O bread of angels, O heavenly manna. All that sustenance on our way. And it's a reminder to us of the, the journey we're on, but also the sustenance and the fact of how important participation in the Eucharist is to a complete Catholic life. But we have no lasting city here. So in spite of how how good life seems to us around, how at ease or at peace we seem to be, we have to realize that here we cannot simply rest. We are constantly moving, going deeper, and realizing, as uh, as John Henry Newman once said, to live is to change. And he did not mean going hither and yon, moving to new things, grabbing at every innovation, but also going deeper, changing a a reality that we have of our lives, understanding more completely. And here within our actual world, where, of course, we have to work out our salvation, it is always a matter of more or less. We are never going to find perfection here. I think we have to hope for less imperfection and growth in a sense of movement. But we always live under the rubric of the kingdom of God, which calls us further, which calls us beyond. And so, as St. Bonaventure would 
say in both his writings and in his manner of life. We live our life here between humility and hope. We can't do everything, but we can do something. We pray God for an understanding of what that something is that that he in his graciousness is calling us to do. And we perform it in hope that in eventually it is going to be a contribution, no matter how small it may seem in our own life, but be a true contribution to the victory of Jesus Christ. So, my dear friends, let us start moving very intently on that journey. As many of you know, one of the first questions I would ask the confirmants about the catechism is, well, who made you? And I follow it quickly by the second, why did God make you? And of course, your answer is, and I can't hear you repeat it, but I know that you know it, it is to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this world, and to be forever happy with him in the next. So think of how we continue on that journey. We first have to attune our minds and hearts to listening, to listening to the word of God that comes to us through sacred scripture, through the life of the church, through the very voice of the risen Lord among us today. And in listening to that word, to understand it and to awaken our hearts to a profound love for that presence of God. And then to do what we hear, to realize that our faith, the doctrine of the church, the teaching of sacred scripture is the roadmap. And we need that roadmap as we continue our journey so that we don't wander off into bypasses or into uh, alleyways that are going to lead to a dead end. We listen. And then we listen as the prophets listened. As Jeremiah and Isaiah would say, Speak, Lord, for your uh, servant is listening. I will do that which I hear. We also, of course, have to uh, call upon the presence of the Holy Spirit because there is a great need for discernment. St. John Henry Newman used to uh, mention that in many of our moral quandaries, in many of the moral questions, we may be uh, involved in a combat for good and against evil in the twilight. It may not be absolutely crystal clear and brilliant before us, what the choices are. We need the help of the Holy Spirit so as to learn the great gift of discernment, how to recognize that which is good and to uh, grasp it and to recognize also what is evil and to avoid it. And therefore, in this discernment, which allows us, of course, which also we could talk about the role of a, of a truly uh, trained conscience, we know that we have to pursue the virtues, that we have to train the whole of our person on that journey to act according to both what I, uh, they call the natural virtues, that is, virtues which were natural to any human person, and the theological virtues, which are those gifts of God of faith, hope, and charity. And in pursuing the virtues, 
also pursue a greater and greater avoidance of sin. These are prerequisites, I think, to a happy journey along that way of our, our hearts and minds to God. So we undertake a Christian discipline. And remember that the original meaning of the Latin term disciplina is education and training. And once we do this, we find our minds opening and living in a joyful combination with a loving longing of the heart. There is the clarity and brightness of our goal, eternal life. And we keep it constantly before us. We learn how best to reflect that goal in our daily living, especially in our relationships with those who are close to us, those who are neighbors, and those who are yet to be known to us. And we rest in the understanding that in all things, the providence of God will be known. We have to wait sometimes in profound hope. But in the end, when all things will be in God, we will understand how he has directed our, our hearts and minds, our journey, sometimes very gently, sometimes with a little loud commandment, but always in his loving care. And for this, we thank St. Bonaventure for reminding us of the power of that Christian journey and the way to walk the pilgrimage. 